Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, Industry Tactics. I'm your host, Friendly Rich, and I'm having one of those days. I have these days periodically where I can't hit for shit. I can't do anything. I can't. I can't record. Uh, I can't transfer an MP4 to DaVinci's Inquest. You know, I just can't do shit technically. And then I'm trying to introduce this this podcast episode. Wish me luck. We'll see what happens. I'm not, uh, you know, I hear shit's being dropped in the other room. You think it's going to throw me off? Nothing throws me off, except for everything. Hang on. Close the door here. I mean, uh, I'm going to keep plugging through. It's what I do. And the day later, I always notice I have a kind of an offset day, you know? So those days where you can't hit, you just accept them. Embrace them, in fact. Um don't don't go against the grain, you know? But it it still is really frustrating. Where you know, you go, "Oh fuck, all I've done today is painted fake shit on like six cookies and posted it to fucking YouTube." But don't ask me to post it to Instagram cuz that's above my pay grade, which is zero. Yep. Anyway, uh, what can you do? You got to embrace it, um, and that's what I'm trying to do. On the podcast today is none other than Cosmo Ferraro, um, one of the lead, one of the hu- great humans, uh, part of the Ferraro family, and the band Ferraro, uh, who leads the Cameron House and has really shaped that venue in the city of Toronto. For, you know, the last, uh, I don't know how long, 10 plus years, more than that. Um, Anyway, we get into that history, how he, he took it over um, and, and, uh, and with his, with his family still runs that venue, that very important venue to so many of us. And while we're here all stuck and locked down and painting shit on cookies, uh, you know, it, it makes you realize those venues, those institutions, those spaces, those cultural um, meeting places where where magic happens. Um, so much magic has happened in my life, in my career at the Cameron House, and I know I'm not alone in that statement. It, um, shout out to, to, to all of our friends and family and community um, who we can't see each other now at the Cameron House, but I know we're all uh, in this together. And I want to feel close to you, even though we haven't all seen each other. And um, anyway, enjoy this episode. Um, I miss you all. Listening back to this record I'm going to put out in a couple of weeks, Friendly Rich and the Lollipop People live at the Cameron House, made me just so happy and sad, you know, to hear those old days. Um, Not long ago, but certainly uh, feels like it. playing at the Cameron House and, and the magic that uh, that we've all experienced. And um, I wish you all the best. Stay safe, stay sane, stay creative, and, uh, and, and, and be loving to each other, please. It is the only thing that's going to get us through this. So um, here it is, my wonderful conversation with the great Cosmo Ferraro. Take care, everybody.
shut up. Uh, what about now? You got me? Dear Cosmo, tell me, tell me you got me. No shit. Um, check your, uh, check your, oh, hang on. Check your, check the little button over your mute. Click that arrow and ensure speakers are correct. Try it now. Yay. There we, got me. There we go. There we go. Oof. Okay. Okay. Technology. I don't, I don't mind being a little compromised. If you can hear me just fine, we're going to rock it, man. It's going to be just great. Okay. I'm all right if you're all right. Cosmo, welcome to Industry Tactics. And we just got off to a, a great start, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, man. Um, so, are we going to do this politely? No. No. Let's Let's... Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Nitty gritty. Yeah, I, I hope so. How how have you been, my friend? I'm okay. There's, uh, I think everyone's had their ups and downs of times. Uh, it's been all right, and times it's been a little tougher than others. But uh, we're getting through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I see a photo of the Cameron House stage, and I th think about, you know, all that entire family and. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. It's good. It's good. I'm excited to be here. I um, miss you, man. I miss yeah. you too. I miss that whole uh, community. I've I've realized yeah. how much of my uh, social life involves just the people that I, I see on a weekly or, or every couple of weeks because of the camera Jesus. house and, and um, yeah. trying to uh, make a bit of an effort to reach out to some people that I was used to seeing every week and, and now I haven't yep. seen in, in almost a year. So it's pretty crazy. A year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I, look, I, I, um, where to start this conversation, I kind of see it as a, there's a few places I'd like to really go with, uh, getting to know you a lot better here. One would be unpacking the history of the Cameron house, talking about your deep attachment to the venue and and through that, your musical adventures that I think kind of, you know, have grown out of that, your family, your your project, Ferraro, uh, you know, and and uh, and where we go from here. Like, I think I, I like I really want to wrap it around. Like, I have so many questions for you around. Like, so let's just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be shy. Ask me let's, what you want to ask me. You know, yeah. I mean, the 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 history of the Cameron House, how you came to be like. You know, I know there's a deep history there and I got to be honest with you, I don't know enough about it. So I was hoping you could share with our listeners who might be listening from another country, um, how special a place the Cameron House in the city of Toronto is and how you come into that family, how you come to, to be, you know, sure. the next generation. Yeah. The next generation. Um, my uncle and my mom. And uh, one friend of theirs, Herb Tukey, uh, bought the place in 1981. So this is our 40th, 40th year. Um, and they 48th, 48th, 40th, 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 vision and his eccentricities came out um in all of the artwork and the way they treated musicians and artists and they had people living upstairs and and paying for the rent by playing a gig or cleaning the bar or bartending whatever it was they they started this community 
that was the place to be for OCAD students or musicians or, or all the kind of off-centered artists living in Toronto. It's where they met, where they gathered, where they collaborated. They, you know, that guy plays guitar and we need a guitar player. So go talk to him. And, and many bar, uh, bands were started in that way. And um, so they ran it for a long time. And then as family situations sort of, uh, you know, happened, my mom got married and started having us young kids and the bar life wasn't really for her. So she, she became pretty removed and uh, Cindy Matthews took over and was running the place for, for many years. And shout out to Cindy. That's how, that's how I get to know. So that's one of the only characters apart. I met your mom mm-hmm. a year ago. I remember. Yeah. An, an awesome yeah. She hasn't. What's your mom's name? Uh, Anne-Marie. 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 Wait a minute. What's your sister's name again? Annalise. And Annalise. Yes. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. So, uh, yeah, my mom uh, wasn't involved for many years, but when I took over, she, she came back and started bartending the uh, Saturday afternoon <laughs> again, and yeah. she has all these old That's friends that come charming. by and they, and they hang out Saturday afternoons, and I, I think she likes that um, to be a bit of a part of it again. Um, but uh, as Cindy ran it for many, many years, um, and then I guess kind of the same thing happened was that she began having kids and a young family uh-huh. and again the bar life uh-huh. wasn't for her um so she was looking to get out of it um right around the time that i oh. was finishing school um and it was never kind of preordained or i, I didn't think i would be running the place i, I didn't oh have my a, god I, I had been around and hanging around a little bit with my uncle and as I started to learn the guitar, he's like, you got to come down Tuesday nights and, and see this champagne James guy play guitar with run with the kittens. And so I would go and Unreal. I would go and kind of yeah. bar back for him and hang around. Um, but as Cindy was um, uh, saying that she wanted to get out, they're thinking, yeah. so what, what do we do with this place? Do we, do we sell it? Is, you know, what, what are we going to do with it? And uh, the yeah. idea was, well, like, you know, let him try. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Um, so I was 22, I think, 22 years old. And I just finished school um, and I was interested in music. Um, it, it was yeah. more of a, a hobby at that point. Um, so they said, yeah, I mean, go for it. So I, I moved in upstairs at the bar and I, and I took over and it was very much here are the keys. Good luck and, and try to figure it out holy shit cosmo yeah and what did you go to school for where did you go to school and what did you go to school for i went to the university of guelph and i uh, i took uh commerce bachelor of commerce and i'm one elective yep. short of graduating so I, I don't actually have that degree <laughs> much to the you chagrin of my you parents that. yeah all right so so a, a true a true a true artist here a true it's artist exactly. here on our hands yeah he didn't finish a true education, I might add, too, because here are the keys, right? So what was your, as you were growing up, what was your uncle like? Like, what was that whole dynamic like between your uncle and your mom and just the whole vibe whenever you would get exposed to the Cameron house in your early days? Sure. I mean, it, it was great. Um, we weren't super, super close. We didn't hang out with my uncle a ton. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. Cameron house, um, when we were young, wasn't even that much a part of our lives. Uh, we would oh, go okay. down. There was a Christmas party every year. They'd, they'd bring us down in a couple events. But but if we went, you know, six times in a year, that was that was probably all we would do. Okay. And I remember at times I hated the place. It was like, uh, oh, it reeks like smoke. Back then you could still smoke in the bar and all these old oh, timers yeah. and, and this stuff. And I wasn't really into it for, for a long time um, until, you know, as – became a young mm-hmm. teenager and and i wanted to get into the electric guitar of course because that's cool um, yeah so yeah so through learning an instrument um and then um being introduced to the music and the musicians and the community at the cameron is sort of when it started to click for me what a life you've led man and so you get the keys at 22 you're barely out of guelph mm-hmm. and uh yeah. and what what so what were some of you like how does that work out for you? Like, did, did you just go like, all right, I've got my education. I've got this thing. It's a wicked opportunity. I'm just going to make it what it is and really put, try to add some vision into what it was going to become or, yeah, or, or I, not. I, I, become, Cause I think it was becoming, it was already becoming. It's like, 
how to continue fostering what it was. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting. I, I didn't have a ton of forethought as to what it was going to be like or what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. Um, I what, knew- what you wanted the place to stand for too, right? Like sure. what is the Cameron house when someone asks, you know? For yeah. Sure. And, and it's, it's many different things to many different people as I discovered. Um, so <laughs> that was one of the, of the craziest things of taking over and, and the best and the worst part of the Cameron house is um, how many people feel like it's their bar um, and, and are very um, have stories or, or for this time period, these five years, these 10 years, it was their bar. Yeah. And people are very reluctant yeah. um, for it to change in any way because their memory of, of my time there from the 90s was I don't want it to ever change. Um, yeah. So in yeah. a way that was honoring all of the history, but also still kind of making it a little bit more of myself and also of, of the times that have changed a little bit. How do you feel that you have over the years made it more of your vision in collaboration with, with those who have helped you um, shape that vision? Um, it's kind of just more or less the things I like and I'm interested in I did a better job of. Um, so we used to have like monthly art shows on the walls and a different artist would, would do an art show. And, and my uncle was very passionate about that. Um, but I found that that just wasn't my world. Um, and I was, I was kind of doing really bad art shows. Uh, I couldn't find the people. I wasn't tapped into that scene and it was a disaster. So, so I kind of eventually stopped doing those. Um, but what, I'm good at and more passionate about is, is music and particular, maybe a little bit more of, of rock and roll or, or louder full band music where I think it, it had a reputation maybe for a little while as more of a folk bar singer songwriter, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just more prone to booking acts that I personally enjoyed listening to. Um, so a bit of my musical taste probably came out in the, in the booking um, which would have been different than how Cindy was booking it. Um, not necessarily yep. by any intentional means, just what I was drawn to. And you, uh, you do the booking in collaboration with others, or I'm not even sure how that goes. I, I did yeah. all the bookings up until the start of 2020, which I guess only lasted a month or two where my younger brother, okay. Tally has, uh, is slowly taking over that job from me. Um, but I did it. Oh, um, oh wow. I, I wow, found that, that was the intent. That, that was, was the intent. intent yeah. Tally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool to know. Mm-hmm. I, That's uh, really cool to know. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. I used to live upstairs at the bar for many years and I moved out and I tally actually moved into my old room and took my room and I found it is a it is a Ferraro affair it is. Uh, down there at the Cameron House. This is sick. It's been beautiful. I mean, <laughs> admirable, like storybook, storybook uh, kind of shit. And my, uh, so go on, go on. So he say he's moved in. So I, I found that the job of, of booking was much more difficult not living there. When I lived there, I could I could see every single band I booked, I, even if it was. For okay. half an hour, I could go down, get yeah. a vibe of what they were like, what the room was like, what the crowd was like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and um, I, I probably don't go down quite as much as I did when I lived there. So, you see, that's super. Co- that's super cool to me. I want to touch on one thing there. I, you know, you 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 and I have had like not. This is the longest. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this is gonna be the longest conversation we've had together. And shame on both of us for making it under a recorded microscope. But I guess that's the way life is, eh? It's you know it's fascinating to me. Like to think I want to get inside your head a little bit around. Fuck, man, you were paying attention. You've been paying attention. You've just been kind of this like. You've been there. You're you're not the loudest guy in the room, and I always am. So it's like it's hard to hear what you have to say, right? It's like. I want to know like your, your vibe about that of like, when you're going down, when you're in the, when you're in the Cameron house, what are you looking for? Kind of, what are you paying attention to 
I mean, I, I, obviously you want things to be going smoothly. You don't want any fights or any bullshit, but it's like, apart from the obvious. Sure. What I are mean, you trying to pick up? Well, yeah. there's, I guess there's two main things. Um, one is great music and the other is bar sales. Um, and in a perfect world, yeah. I would have both of those things every single night. Through the roof. Yeah. Um, and then um, a step down from that is one or the other. And you kind of have to choose your battles. This band sucks, but they bring a great crowd every single time. Or this band is fantastic, uh-huh. but nobody ever comes. And you can kind of, yeah. uh, you can you can pick and choose yeah. one of those. Um, and then if you're striking out on both accounts, it's time to uh, time to mix in- it up. Industry, this is it, everyone. Lock in on the industry <laughs> tactic right here. The, uh, Cosmo just unlocked the formula, at least the formula the way it was. I mean, we're going to talk about the way it's going to be. But the formula the way it was, was caliber of the band plus bar sales equals future bookings <laughs> right like sure aaron como told me this once um and you've had him on your show recently um and i think it, it applies to uh, many many um jobs and industries but uh good people good music and good money and i'll take two out of three and he was uh, talking as a as a sideman and which gigs he takes and what he does. And he said, uh, good people, good music, uh, good money. And and I'll take two out of three on that one. Still applies. That's a great formula. Why the hell am I getting Aaron Como's gold through Cosmo Ferraro? (laughs) I'll take it. I like it. I like it, man. You, you retained the wisdom and thank you for being, uh, for sharing it. Um, so, Hey, one thing I wanted to touch on your uncle passed away, right? Am I dreaming this? No, he did. Um, somewhat, somewhat uh, suddenly. I think maybe oh. a year, a year into me taking over. Oh, I see. I I never put two and two. I thought you took over because he passed away. No, he had um, uh, his role as day to day had quite dwindled by that. Okay. He wasn't interested in in being the guy who does everything. Uh, he still had a couple uh, bar shifts that he did every week. Um, and he oh, always man. had input and I would go to him for advice and, and stuff, but, um, yeah, uh, it was, it was tough to not have that resource, um, and not have that sounding board. Um, you, you, were you, was your mindset when you took the keys, when you were 22, I'm going to like lean on him for as much back knowledge as possible or, um, yeah, I mean, what you were thinking? for sure. I, I was going to use him. A lot, and and every time I had an idea of changing something, which those had to be kind of careful and calculated, um, he right. he had no bones about telling me, <laughs> you know, if the you truth. if you were offside, yeah, eh? and, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was very valuable to have. Um, so yeah. okay. so not having that uh, fairly early on was was a tough one. Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss, man, and. You know, it's so interesting, the the family that I, I see in the Cameron house. And some are like, fuck, you know, it's really interesting in my perspective, too, because some are like, feel like they're distant cousins that, that I don't know that well. Mm-hmm. And some are like, holy shit, you know, it's like like pillars, like like just, you know, but there's a lot there's a lot of characters. Uh, it's, you know, it does it feel like cheers at times for you? Like from I got a thing from you. You're Sam Malone. <laughs> Yes, for sure. There's like a, there's a couple fuck. of sitcoms that are Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> which is a bunch of okay. deplorables based around a, a kind of a, a bar. And um, there are, awesome. there are awesome. certainly a lot of characters, family, That's awesome. family and otherwise. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, let's get into, let's cut now and get into some of your music. And, and we'll get back to the Cameron House in a minute, but I want to I want to dive into some of your music. So you want to cue up a tune here from the Ferraro band, something to give people an idea of the sound. Sure. And uh, yeah, set up one of these songs. Right. Let's set up uh, well, uh, your one choice. Of those, one of those is called "Shake It Off," and that was that's an older one. That's a little more of the uh, the gritty rock and roll roots. Let's let's do that. Right on. Here it comes from the Ferraro band. And what was this from your first release? first album yeah this is probably 2016 shake it off
stuff man so and you're playing guitar in that band with your brothers yep uh tally, tally tally's on the bass and he sings and johnny's on the drums he does some vocals as well um we had a another hired gun tom yonescu played guitar with us no oh, right um during that's a band during that, right on that era and we used to right on we cool. used to say he was a cousin he looked he looked the parts and <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Feather that one in that's great. It's always great to lie when it comes to uh, like just industry tactics. Like he could have, Tom could have totally been a brother there. That's awesome. Or a, a long lost cousin. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. So, so how does that band come together? I know you're playing guitar throughout, as you mentioned. Um, how does that band come to be this, this family band? Jesus, man. Yeah. The Ferraros. I mean, obviously we were in a musical household with, uh, with the Cameron being a part of the story. And, and, you know, my parents were both music lovers, big record collection, all that. Um, but nobody, nobody mm -hmm. played, nobody was, um, musician themselves. I just decided I wanted to be cool in high school. I wanted to play the electric guitar. And at the same time, yeah. uh, Johnny wanted to learn the drums. And we had the same teacher come to the house every week and he would teach both of us our half hour thing. And, and um, slowly but surely we got good enough to kind of play together in the basement. And we were, we were jamming and making awesome. noise. And that was what we did kind of every night um, until Tal started sniffing around and he wanted in. So we said he's the, he's the youngest. He's the youngest. So we said, yeah, uh, well, yeah, we yeah. need a, a singer and a bass player. So you want in the band? That's what you got to do. <laughs> so he started learning the bass, and we forced him to sing when he was very little. And man, and that was the formula that we've stuck to. You guys are all so it's you know what's it's just refreshing to even this conversation here. I think I spoke to Tally earlier in the pandemic and it's like that just uh what do you you guys are all so nice and there's a there's a i don't know a level of respect and uh genuine you're you're genuine where does it all come from like what what i don't know man like what you you just seem where were you, where were you raised in toronto or yeah, we, were, we were born and raised in toronto in in the same household yeah, that my parents, well. my parents still uh, still have. Um, yeah, I, I would just have to give all the credit to my mom and dad. You, you, and you have Italian roots. Yeah, both parents are uh, born here, but but from Italy. All of okay. our grandparents okay. are Italian. In Italian, we would say "bono dugado," which is my uh, fucking slang, which means "well raised." These Ferraros. Which means, you know what it means. These goddamn Ferraros are well raised. Uh, a power trio of Ferraro. That's what we're getting here. That's what you're that's getting. What we heard in that last clip. And um, and and walk us through the life of the band. Where you've taken the band? It's on, it's on a major label now. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yep, we are on Warner Music now. As of a couple of years ago. Um, it's congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was uh, a big accomplishment and it's, <laughs> it has now come with its, uh, you know, pros and cons yeah. of, of major record label 
the mix, but um, the, I'm sure the pros far outweigh the cons. And it's it's an interesting it's an interesting perspective, which is fairly new for us of of truly okay. the the business of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm interested in that. Obviously, I'm I'm interested in unpacking some of the pros and cons without being like realizing that you're on a podcast and being like, <laughs> you know, I realize you can only dive so deep into the cons and I, and I think I under, I have a good idea of what those might look like, but, but what has that been like for you to, to a, can you walk our listeners through how you leveraged that? How did you manage to, what were some of the steps along the way to get you to this point to being on Warner music and, and yeah, what you've learned along the way and what some uh, speak to any of the pros and cons that you can outline that you feel comfortable talking to. Sure. Um, so eight, eight questions in one there, right? <laughs> yeah. Classic friendly rich. I'll break them down. Um, yeah. Nice. So it's, it started very much in our basement every, every night we got home from school and we try to jam out the new song or whatever it was. And we clunk our way mm-hmm. through, through that. Um, and of course it always comes back to the Cameron house. We had access to a stage, uh, way before anybody should have given us access to a stage. And, and mm-hmm. we were playing mm-hmm. shows. I think Tally was 12 or 11 or 12 when we first played the Cameron House. Um, Holy cow, I didn't realize that. And um, way before I even I took over, Cindy was still doing it. And, and we would uh, we would play and our fam- friends and family would come out. And it was always, always fun. And we slowly kind of became a, wow. a cover band. Um, and we played the Cameron a bunch as a cover band. And... And mm-hmm. in the early days, whenever a band canceled or something happened or I didn't get a booking, I would call the brother, hey, we have to play tonight. Like, you got to come and we would play. Wow. Um, and slowly, wow. Johnny actually started writing some songs. He, he was the first to come to the band with a few original songs. Um, and that was a little bit of a, of a game changer, perhaps, from a, a, a hobby mentality to now we're, we're kind of investing in, in something here. So slowly through playing the Cameron and, and that community. And then, um, you know, you get to know all the other venues and all the other bands. And then we, we book in the Horseshoe and the Rivoli and the Dakota and, and yeah. we're playing, yeah. playing weekly and, and up and up and up and recording some music. And, and finally um, we ended up uh, signing with Warner. I think Steve Kane, the president of Warner is a, a Queen West guy has been, Mm-hmm. forever he was on the scene back mm-hmm. in the handsome ned in the early cameron house and horseshoe days and i think yeah i think maybe he championed us a little bit of that uh old school hometown queen west vibe like um it was a little more of an organic uh, career story than than a lot of major record label signings right now i think yeah and um who takes care of like, how, how does the band function? How do the three of you as brothers, you're, you're already running a business sure. together. So you already, you already kind of know how, how to make the fun, the Cameron house function mm-hmm. and thrive. So, so does that same kind of thing apply to the band? Well, basically me and me and Johnny doesn't matter on the topic. Me and Johnny will disagree. And then Tally will be awesome. Tally will be the tiebreaker that, that basically gets oh, to wow. decide <laughs> how it happens. Wow, man, um, that that is fascinating. I'm yeah. I'm probably the most uh, business oriented manager ish of of the band. I do a lot of the emails mm-hmm. and the talking, and and Johnny and Tally are um, they do most or all of the songwriting, and uh, they're a little bit more honed in instrumentally. I would I would give them the edge on that one mm-hmm. as well. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful, man. It's beautiful seeing how you all get it done. I love the dynamics. I love that. And what about Annalise? How does she fit into all this? Well, she's, uh, while we're off all playing rock stars, she's the one that actually keeps the bar going and she, she runs the show and she's, oh, she's wow. pretty quiet and you wouldn't know it, but she's, uh, she's the brains behind it all. Shout out. Yeah. She makes it yeah, all work. Shout out. Big time. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool to hear. Uh, and get inside a little bit here on, on how it all works. You know, you, yeah, you're right. You wouldn't know it. Right. Cause you guys are just also, you just feel like you're part of the room and, and, and you're making things happen. And you're, I, I, I assume there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, not really at face value, knowing all the hard work that goes into all of this, you know? Yeah. It's, we, we might 
Granted. It's interesting yeah. and it's and it's difficult a lot of the time to pawn it off as at work when I'm, you know, sitting in the bar and I'm having a pint it. and I'm enjoying it and there's a band sure. and and I'm there for six yeah. hours and and you know, and yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. it, but I'm also taking little things in while I'm doing it. It's never fully uh, uh, you know, yeah. I'm I'm always a little bit looking around and seeing what's working and what's not working. You know, man, I get that vibe from you. I think I think I fucking have that vibe a little bit myself. It's just like, are you ever able to just, you know, it, be in the room and enjoy it? Or are you always kind of, is there a part of you? I see it in your, I think I see it in you, man. I'm like, you know, you, you do have that kind of like, you know what I mean? Like At the, at the it's Cameron, like, it's very, eternal. it's very, very rare to be at the Cameron and to- yeah. totally turn it off and, and get... 100 yeah. percent lost yeah. in the show it, it happens there's been there's been times i i can remember some of them that i totally everything else blanked out but but it's rare there's always i'm always looking everywhere <laughs> yeah who are just just riff with me here who are some of your like dear and i'm sure you may maybe we, we don't want to go down this road because you'll forget someone and then go oh shit i forgot to mention but i like, just off the top of your head just like all the family all the friends like just the like some of the people that come to mind when you think of the Cameron house um probably like there's there's a regular James Ellard who comes mm-hmm. the, Brampton's own Brampton's he own comes yeah. six nights a week every every week and he's there and he knows all the musicians and, and he's um that's fucked eh? it's true always it's true he's he's always supports the bands and the musicians and he he always walks yeah. that line of behavior he never he never goes over the line of, of what he's supposed to do or not do um yeah. it is really like a regulars bar the same people go to the cameron two three four nights a week um mm-hmm. and it's built up like on on those people that are regulars for sure um mm-hmm. i would kevin queen and run with the kittens are the two bands mm-hmm. that were doing residencies um, that my uncle mm-hmm. was the bartender for um, before I took over. And when I was 16, 17, 18, I would go down and I would bar back for him and I would watch those bands. Yeah. Three, yeah. you know, three weeks out of the month, I would go and take in those shows. And, and that was truly my, my um, education of the yeah. Cameron house was through them. Um, and then when I took over myself, I, mm-hmm. I think I really lucked into a situation um, where a friend of a friend introduced me to Devin Cuddy um, mm-hmm. and, and he became a real pillar of, of helping me create this new community. And, and, you know, his, his dad and, and that band yeah. was related to the yeah. Cameron house early on. And it really felt as I was doing the second generation thing. I had met this guy that was also kind of doing the second generation thing. Oh shit. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. so him, wow. and, I didn't put that together. But and yes. uh, Jay Swinnerton was around and um, mm-hmm. Sam Cash and Aaron Como and those guys and Kayla Howren. And, and we, yeah, yeah I, I think I lucked into a, a community of young and like-minded people um, right when I sort of needed it at the start of figuring out what I was going to do. It's so heavy, man. I I don't. I'm getting all emotional here when you talk about like Kevin Quayne and Run with the Kittens being a through line from your uncle over to you. It's like I really. I mean, all the all this stuff. Like you've seen musicians come and go, right? I mean, through in in that Cameron House family, it's like it really does put it in perspective of like just like musicians aging and and like through this place, this important stage in the in the city it's like a, it's all it all weighs kind of heavily for me it's like i don't i the importance of the place the importance of spaces man and like what they mean to the culture fa- cultural fabric of a of a city like it gives it its identity and and anywhere you go in the world there's a cameron house right doing its thing and how special that is i i just i can't um, I don't know, man. I just feel really emotional when it, whenever the, the, that the Cameron house comes up, cause it really feels like, a it's so special to, to so many people, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, um, the amount of people that, that feel that way is, is overwhelming. The, the amount of people that have a story or, or it really relates to a certain 
period of time for them or a break that they or their band got or or mm-hmm. um it's remarkable how many people have a an important story about the Cameron House. Man. Um well we're gonna get we're gonna take a let's take another let's let's take a, a little a little breather here, recompose ourselves and then we'll come back and, and wrap it. But this is another tune. Let's 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 set up another tune by by the the, the great Ferraro brothers here. Let's let's listen to. You want to listen to Fool's Paradise? Sure, let's do it. All right, here it comes now. What 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 can you say about this tune to set it up? This is uh, this is one that was um, an early release in our partnership with Warner. So this is taking that maybe a little more scrappy barroom rock and roll band and. Uh, putting it through the major record label filter (laughs) and hopefully awesome. Awesome. Still retaining yourself. Here it comes now. Fool's paradise. I'm standing on a ledge. Been pushed right to the edge. Bad days and worse nights. I don't want to play nice. No, I fight to carry on. I've done this far too long No changes day to day Feels like I'm on replay Yeah No more wasted days This time is make or break House in the hills Searching for cheap deals Driving through the night Not gonna think twice Get lost in the fool's paradise So that was Fool's Paradise. Who produced that? Uh, that one was produced by the Darcys, who are a uh, Toronto band. Oh, wow. Right on, right on. And you said that this was kind of your foray into working with with Warner. How did that change the process? Like, uh, what was that like for you? Uh, so for the first time, um, we did co-writes. So they set us up on a bunch of uh, co-writing sessions, and we got the opportunity to work with... Uh, a handful of, of really talented people and, and a couple clicked mm-hmm. better than others. Uh, that one we wrote That's with cool. uh, Joel Stouffer, who is from the band Dragonette and, and now is a, a songwriter. Um, and then uh, later on it was produced and, and 
tweaked a little bit by a band, the Darcy's. Uh, so having that oh, much wow. collaboration and input from other people was, was totally new for us. Um, and obviously changes your sound, um, having an outsider's input and, and ideas, but, um, <laughs> we, I think we, we chose to work with the people that brought out the best in us. And, you know, there were, there were sessions that didn't do that, but, um, that, yeah, yeah. Part of the, part of the process, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so you, uh, yeah, it was really interesting to see how all these different people work and what their approach is and they're kind of all different, but they all work and, um, getting to steal a little pit, a little piece of everyone's uh, process was very helpful. When did Fool's Paradise come out? Um, that was in the, the summer, July, or I think maybe July of... Okay, okay. So were you guys going to be going on a tour, or had you been doing much touring leading up to before, the, before COVID? So we went on our first real big tour. Um, we left in February, and we were on the road for three weeks, and we ended up uh, coming home one weekend early because we were supposed to end at the Junos in Saskatoon, um oh, and we got there yeah. i think we got there on thursday and on friday they called us and said it's it's canceled to come home so we ended up coming home a few days early and uh and that was the start heavy. of the lockdown that's heavy let's go that had to have been a an emotional moment for you guys eh? just in terms of like momentum and it's like okay well where do we go now yeah for what sure. has that we been like for, for you as a band what has that been like um, it's been tough because, uh, we, we really did kind of build this thing and, and have this plan and, and we were working on mm -hmm. it for a long time before it came out. Um, and we put out a single yeah. and we went all the way, um, to the West coast. We did, uh, three weeks from all the way from Calgary, Edmonton to Vancouver and, and we did it all mm -hmm. and we were doing radio station visits and, and we were starting to get some traction for the first time the song was getting played on radio and it was, it got onto the chart a little bit and it was, it was starting to happen. Um, and we were supposed to come home and we'll have, have the Juno weekend. We had a bunch of uh, events and shows and stuff lined up and come home and, and we had a really big show planned um, for our homecoming, which, which never happened. Um, so, mm -hmm. so to plan, all that strategy and all that work and, and, and kind of see it start to happen and start to work as you're, as you're yeah. launching yourself. Um, um, and then it just kind of got uh, wow. the brakes pumped. Um, so there's been ups and downs of, of trying to stay busy or trying to, what can you do in this yeah. situation? I mean, sometimes, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't always have time, right? Now we have time. Yeah. You always, you yeah. always ask yeah. for time or if I had the time, I would do this or I would do that, or we should focus more on this. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. have that yeah. now and, yeah. and try to make the best of it. And yeah. if you're being productive and if you're doing things, then it's not wasted time, but um, it, yeah, right. nice way to look it at was it. Yeah. certainly, um, you know, took some air out of our tires. Mm. Oh my God. Like just listening to you, I was like, Oh fuck, that's, that's a heavy dose of uh, here, deal with this. You know, it's like, just the momentum, right? The momentum of like totally. that, all that great energy and, um, and now what to do with it, you know, and really thinking that through, um, the whole notion, how has it been for you in terms of seeing what other artists are doing, the quote, the pivot that everyone talks about in terms of like, Oh, we got to get a, a live stream thing going or, or, or a series of releases together or like, yeah. How have you adapted your plan or are you still in the process of figuring that out? Um, yeah, I think we're, we're definitely still trying to figure that out. Um, As we all the, are. Yeah. The live streams and all of that certain artists do it very, very well. Um, mm. I don't think it probably represents us in the best light for a, for like a, mm. a big rock sound and a big rock band. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and really, you know, focusing on that energy of a full room and, and, and some, you know, some liveliness, some rowdiness, it probably doesn't translate. Uh, I've seen some artists do it, do it really well. I've seen yeah. a lot more yeah. artists do it very poorly. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Think. I mean, exactly. The, the, I, I feel almost ashamed of even asking that question, man, to be honest with you. Like, it's like, 
Yeah, yeah. Everyone crank your headphones to 11. And I want your ears leaving this live stream ringing, you know, like the, giving you that vibe of what a, a real rock show should be, right? No, I, I understand that. I think it's... So what else? Yeah. In a way, yeah, it, it has highlighted what a live rock show is. Like, why, why is it so important? Why do people go to a live yeah. show? Like, it sounds better if you just listen to their CD. Like, what... What is that? And realizing that you can't replicate it in this medium um, and then trying to think, why can't you? And then taking those elements and trying to, okay, well, when it does, you know, preparing yourself and building on it and lessons you're learning. And yeah. um, Yeah. I like that. I like that mindset. I like that mindset, right? It's really, really making us appreciate what the fuck it actually is, you know? Um, so, okay, where do we go from here, in your opinion? I mean, as a band, as a, as a really important venue, as an individual, uh, I could ask you all, all three, you know, it's like, where do, where do we go? Where do you see yourself going from here? I, how many of us, and I'm sure you're, you're, you're at the forefront of this, you've probably done a few interviews on this. How many of us have talked about the future of music venues? And, you know, I, I am really interested in your perspective on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not totally sure. I am a little uncertain. You know, there's always posts and people saying how much they miss it and, and everything. And I'm sure when we open back up, there's going to be a flood for six months. But whether it, um, yeah. if the culture changes, if people really realize how much it meant to them, or if they've realized that they can get their fix on other mediums, or if if streaming will become much more important or even streaming from venues or, or how technology will, will implement things. I, yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I mean, the Cameron is, is so small and so local. Um, it's really kind mm-hmm. of an incubator and you don't get to those bigger stages and you don't find out how to do this craft and you don't meet people that will end up doing it with you um, without this little hub. Um, and I think there'll always be a need for that. I, I, um, you know, certainly if not the Cameron, there there will have to be a need, um, for that incubator in a city. Otherwise it becomes very, um, you take, you take away sort of the thing that, that really uh, connects with people. Mm. What it, yeah, no, I mean, uh, well put. And when, when, when you quickly realize that, um, yes, it's an incubator to get to other stages, but yes, it's also the best stage in the world. Right. And there, so both of those fucking things and, and going shit, man, like it's an important, you know what I mean? Like I, I often think like you've, you've seen many venues go the way of the Dodo in this too. And, and I'm sure you've had many conversations with all of your your family and friends about how like how do you i mean you've probably contemplated uh all the options at this point right it's like you you see yourself coming out the other side of this and do you, like have you what's your hopes and dreams for uh how it looks on the other side of of uh, the situation we're in yeah uh we'll we'll be there um we're in a fortunate place with uh, with the Cameron House and and some of the the government uh, programs and stuff. We'll we'll survive it. We're going to be okay. Um, it's it's never been like um, a, a business really. It's never been about the bottom line or the profit or or how can we make the most money out of this location or, or this business or anything like that. It's it's never been a profit um, generating endeavor. Um, my parents are super happy if we can um, do something that we're really interested in and, and you know, support ourselves doing it. Um, you know, renting it out to a Starbucks would, would make a lot more money and we wouldn't have to do anything. But then, right. then what do we have? We don't have anything, right? So we all... Well, you, you, heard, it, you heard it here. This is big news, uh, folks. You heard it here. 
I guess that's it. I guess that's the end of the Cameron house. They are going to rent it out to a Starbucks. That fucking sucks, man. That, I bet it's probably going to piss off a few people, but you know what? Fuck them. It's all for good it content. Had to be we broke it on industry tactics. I respect it. Nowhere better. <laughs> Nowhere better to do it. Holy shit. A bombshell. A bombshell <laughs> has been dropped. Thank you for that, man. I really appreciate that. That's going to just drive my numbers, the listenership, right up. You got it. And fuck you, and fuck you too, listener, because we're not in this for you either. Uh, where do we go from that uh, community building statement? I, I, I want to know though. That was friend. yeah, perhaps perhaps a little more dire than it. You know, it it, it does work. Uh, it works um, as a venue, and you mm-hmm. know, prior to the pandemic, there was all every time a venue closed, it would circulate of. Of this, yeah, uh, venues yeah. are all closing. We're all in trouble. It's 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 not right. And most right. most of those, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I see that one makes sense. That was not a, a good yep. place. That yep. was not yep. well run. Yep. Um, most nice. most of nice. the good ones yep. Yep. are all okay. They're doing okay. They have their hardships, and and um, you know, a, a few mm-hmm. of those things have been addressed that that really um, make it difficult um, for venues. Um, there was something passed during this pandemic, but it wasn't pandemic related. It, it had been in the works for years um, where mm-hmm. music venues get a, a, a reduction in their property tax um, to help mm-hmm. incentivize. Because, um, um, I mean, if you look at Queen Street West and that uh, yeah. what was there yeah. 60 years ago, um, there was the Cameron House, the Horseshoe, the Rivoli, and, and nothing else has survived. It, it's these kind of culture hubs that build up a neighborhood yep. and then eventually end up pricing themselves out of it. So um, Damn. that was, that yeah. was a big help. Um, but I, I don't think there's a, there's a huge crisis um, for music venues outside of this current <laughs> pandemic. That's cool to hear, man. And thank you for, for making it bigger than the pandemic. Cause you're right. It wasn't exactly uh a conversation we were ha- we weren't having, you know, five, five, ten years ago, even in, in right. a lot of ways, right? Seems to be getting worse every year, but maybe, maybe not. I mean, that that actually does lead to the whole. It sounds like you're, like, yeah, like how do you adapt? How have you continued to adapt your vision for the Cameron House in terms of just being a survivor through all of this, right? Continuing to be creative but also honoring who the fuck you are. Like you're not going to open it up to, to become a discotheque after hours. Right. Like uh, what was that place that became like a strip joint over uh, in Ottawa? It became a, no, 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 but it, not a strip joint. It was beside the strip joint. That's why I'm confusing it uh, where they would open it up to, to da- dance music after hours. Cause that's what brought the people in. It was, that, that was a very cheap way of like, just like, yeah, we're going to do this because it makes money. And then you can play to like 14 people uh, right before that happens. And it's all good, right? right? I guess that goes with your equation, right? So like, how do venues stay creative, honoring their past, but still moving forward and surviving? That's a, that's a big question. That's a heavy question. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe this has highlighted um, just how much people need that live music how much they miss it when it's gone um how it's Mm -hmm. it's certainly something that they can't um recreate through these mediums um and if if people kind of um pay attention to that and come back uh, you know a little bit smarter and and, yeah and um do their best to to curate quality and and be fair with everybody i I can't see why um wouldn't wouldn't work you remain you through and through which i like would you change your booking strategy at all or does that kind of talk to the fact that it's like no we would continue to kind of go about it the way we were or 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 did tally have other things in mind the younger brother comes in and fucks everything up no i don't think there's anything wildly different um with our booking um it's important to have constant quality to what i wanted to create was was something where if you decided you wanted to see live music you go to the cameron Mm -hmm. um you don't have Mm -hmm. to look up who's playing well who's playing there tonight let's make sure that it's a band that it's not going to be you know 
terrible right. or, or it's a real hit and miss place. If, if you're in the mood for live yeah. music, you yeah. just go and you can be pretty confident that it's going to be good. Um, I think that that's way better than mm -hmm. booking um, the hobbyists that bring all their work buddies for their one gig that they do every year. Um, that's not going to uh, build a clientele and, and build longevity. Man, it's good to hear. Great to hear all this, man. And so um, where do you go as a band? What, what are your, some of your next thoughts? What, 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 what do you know at the moment? Um, that end? Well, I know that we're in a, in a much better place than, than a lot of people. We can't really complain. Um, we'll still be playing music together. Um, hopefully we'll still have the support and backing of, of, uh, the people we have now. And, um, you know, it, it certainly set us back, but I, I don't know if there's any reason that it's going to hurt us long-term. Um, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep making music and keep chasing it. And for whatever it is, Appreciate uh, every bit of insight you've shared with us. Any any like um, golden nuggets that you want to leave with our listeners in terms of what you've learned along the way, wearing many hats as a as a musician, as a as a you know a, leading one of the most important venues in our country. Like, what are what are uh, well, I, I got some, I got some advice recently and, and it's, it, I think it's pretty good. And, mm -hmm. and after chasing a few things and a few trends and, and trying to, to be this or be that, um, he said that, uh, they might not like you for your authentic self, but I can guarantee they won't like you for, for not your authentic self. So you gotta do, if, if you're the most genuine that you can be, um, people may or may not like it but you go down with the ship on that one. Otherwise it's almost a guarantee that they're not going to, they're not going to buy into it. Mm. Man, I really appreciate it. That's awesome. Who, who, who gave that to you? Can you, can you credit it? Uh, Jack Ross. Who there you is go. A, uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Jack Ross, another regular at the Cameron house brought many a yep. career to life. Right. And he's supported. He yeah. He's been a good support. Yeah, he's he's our booking agent has been for a couple of years and he's he knows that uh we're we're big Sam Roberts fans. We're freakish Sam Roberts fans and he's got us to uh, open up for them a couple times and those were those were on a short list of best gigs that we've ever had. So That's awesome. So he's a big hear. supporter of the local scene and us as well. So um, right on. yeah, that advice was was nice coming from him. Well, thank you for being your genuine self here today with me, Cosmo, and uh, really appreciate all of it. And here, let's let's end on uh, "You Look Good Like That." What can you tell us about this tune? This was the single that that took us on tour out west, and and this is what we were playing when the when the pandemic locked us down. So, all right, was, man, uh, this is the one. She's a beauty. This is You Look Good Like That from Ferraro. And uh, you take care of yourself, man. I really appreciate it. Check out the Cameron House when it reopens, everybody. And uh, you take care. And where can people learn more about the band? Ferraro. We are ferraromusic.com. There it is. Be well. Thanks, Rich. That was nice. That was fun.
was You Look Good Like That from our friends in Ferraro. And thank you so much, Cosmo, for your sharing, all those amazing stories, your trust and um, openness in in doing this interview. And want to wish all of the venues in the world, everyone, uh, struggling to stick it out right now through this pandemic, notably our good friends at the Cameron House, at Queen and Spadina in Toronto. Sorry, I don't know why I went into Andy Frost voice there. It's, uh, it's a habit. It's a shitty habit I have. Um, thank you for, for supporting Industry Tactics. Find us on Twitter at Industry Tactics or find me on, uh, on all social media at Friendly Rich and go to FriendlyRich.com to listen to all prior 108 episodes before this Cosmo episode. And we'll be, get, we'll be back again next week with another exciting episode. I'm really digging doing this on a weekly basis. I hope you are too. And uh, be in touch. Be safe, everybody. And all the best.